the saintly witnesses where I talked to the Catholic behind the account. Today I'm speaking with Brett Ware, who serves, uh, who has the privilege of being a trustee for the Pontoon Beach Village and Long Lake Fire Protection District trustee. Uh, I'm so privileged to, you know, have him on and give his Catholic faith witness about his faith journey and talk about what's it like to be uh, a politician who is a, a practicing Catholic. So thank you for coming on, um, talk about your faith and life. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much. Mm -hmm. So I normally start these things on like how we got acquainted. And uh, I remember when we first interacted with each other on social media and I just reached out to you and told you that um, I'm thankful. Well, I just said, you know, glad to see other black Catholics or Catholics of African descent. And it's right. good that we, you know, keep, keep each other in our circle because uh, not that it's not a lot of us, but it's good that when we, when we see each other, that we, sure. you know, bond and connect and stuff like that. Absolutely. So that's and my, acknowledge my, that connection. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely first point of contact that I remember. But uh, yeah, let's get started. So I remember you just told me that you were a convert to the Catholic Church. So give us your um, faith journey from early ages, middle, and how to lead you to where you are now. Sure, sure. So I always start when, when somebody asks me that, I always start with the idea that, uh, and I know not everybody has this blessing, but I've always known that there was a higher power. I've always known, even when I was a young child, that there was something bigger than me. Um, when I was a child, uh, my mother and my dad um, took me to, uh, on a reg pretty regular basis, took me to uh, a Baptist church um, in a nearby town. Uh, we were regulars there, Union Baptist Church, uh, where the Reverend Freddie Butler was the pastor, and uh, he was he was a good man, and uh, it was an enjoyable time. I always enjoyed my time at church. Um, because in my regular everyday life, um, I was not exposed, quite honestly, to um, to my African-American culture in school and in the community I lived in as much. Um, this church was a way for me to start connecting with that somewhat. Uh, so I learned a lot by that. Um, but um, it was uh, it's very different right than than the catholic faith uh but as i grew up um i still you know went to church you know, with my parents and then when i got to be in high school uh of course as a lot of kids do you kind of stray away parents don't have necessarily as much control over you as they did at one point and so i didn't go as often i didn't go uh regularly uh but i had friends uh interestingly enough who i became friendly with in high school um who were Catholic and uh, some of my very close friends still to this day um, and I recall one of my buddies um, his mom had a rule that anytime you spent the night at his house um, if it was on a Saturday night she didn't care what we did and we did some things we probably shouldn't have been doing but she didn't care what we did but you were get, if you were at his house that morning, you were getting up and you were having breakfast and you were going to mass. And so that was really my first experience outside of uh, when I was a younger child going to, um, 
it, it, I, I don't know that they called it vacation Bible school, but a vacation Bible school type thing at the local Catholic church. Uh, but that was my first experience with mass. And because I was a kid and because I wasn't, you know, I was tired, half asleep, I didn't really pay attention to it. There was nothing at that point that really stuck for me. Um, fast forward then to college uh, and shortly after, and I began to, I guess discern is the, is the best way to put it, but I, 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 I began to explore and discern various different faiths. Um, I took a class in Introduction to Islam because I wanted to know something about that. Um, I read some Buddhist text. I read over a course of time, read the Bible from cover to cover. I didn't start at the beginning and read to the end, but I, I read the entire Bible at some point or another over about a year and a half, two year period. And I, I was searching for something, right? I was searching for something. And right around that time, uh, my wife and I reconnected. We had known each other in high school, but never really dated. And we reconnected around that time. And um, ultimately we ended up getting together. We ended up having a couple of children and then we ended up getting married. So we did it kind of backwards, but we were married at, in my mother's Baptist church at the time. And we were happy. Everything was fine. But unbeknownst to each of us, we were both separately searching for something. There was something missing. Um, and I wasn't sure at the time what it was, but, but there was something missing. Um, and ultimately, we found it through our kids, and we found it through placing our children in our parish's um, preschool program, learning center. Um, when they turned three, two and three, or three and four, we chose them to do their preschool, and we ended up placing them there, and one day they came home, and we didn't really know much about the Catholic faith, but they came home and sitting at the kitchen table eating dinner and we got ready, we set everything on the kitchen table and mind you, you're talking about a three and a four year old about, and they do this. They make the sign of the cross and they say their little prayer that they had learned at the learning center. And I don't even remember which prayer it was. It wasn't, you know, the prayer that we traditionally say now when we eat, but, and my wife and I looked at each other, huh? So the next day, same thing. Didn't say anything to the kids, but the same thing. They, they sat down before they ate, they made the sign of the cross and they said their little prayer. And at this point we heard what they said. And so we just said it along with them. And later at night we were in bed and we were talking and, basically said, you know, if we're sending our kids to this school and they're teaching them these things, we probably ought to go and, and learn something about it. And so that's how it started. Uh, but because I'm a bullheaded man, uh, the f this was right around Easter time. And um, the, so the next weekend, 
My wife finds out the mass schedule. She says, we're going to get up and go to mass. And that's exactly how she said it. We're going to get up and go to mass. And being a bullheaded man that I am, I did this. I'm not going. So she gets up the next morning. She gets the kids together and she puts them in the car and off she goes to mass. The following week, she, same thing. She gets up, doesn't say anything to me this time, but she gets up, gets the, getting the kids ready. And unbeknownst to her, I'm trying to get ready too. I'm trying to take a shower and get ready too, because I'm going. So she gets ready to leave and I'm like, hold on, wait for me. She goes, oh, I thought you weren't going. Oh no, I'm going to go. So we go. Um, and that was, that was how we ended up in the church ultimately. Um, fast forward uh, a year or so um, and we were regularly attending mass and were I basically man I, I just I, I can't speak for her but I fell in love with the the idea that Christ was there with us uh, and I really truly felt that um, the priest that our priest uh, that ended up baptizing us and um, and our kids, uh, Father Larry, um, he had a great way of, of saying the mass and it was just, you know, he sang a lot of it. And um, I know now being a little bit more conservative that that's not necessarily the way it's always done, but um, I fell in love with it. And I, and I, I, God started talking to me, you, you know, this is, this is where you, you need to be, you know, um, one phrase that sticks out to me that is used all the time is that the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith. And I really felt that. I mean, I, I even before I even got anywhere close to uh, being able to, to, uh, to partake. And that was it. And, and that was, that was the hook. It's like, okay, I see everybody else gets to go up and everybody else is getting this and everybody else feels this. And uh, we have a, a a lady that goes to our parish to this day and um if, if she's not a saint walking i don't know who is uh, but i could i would just see in her eyes the reverence and the love and everything that she would get still to this day gets when she receives the body of christ i was hooked i was like okay what do i what do i gotta do <laughs> what do i gotta do to get get this this is what i want I, this this is it this is this is this is the one this is the church that jesus started what do I got to do to belong? And so we went through RCIA, uh, had a great teacher, Sister Barb, and a couple of others who, who uh, taught us. And we were baptized, I guess, in 2008. I was thinking about this the other night because I was wanting to be accurate about that. I think we were baptized in 2008. And then shortly thereafter, our kids were able to be baptized. And um, we've been proud members of... Uh, the Catholic faith and um, Holy Family Parish in Granite City for 12 years, I guess now. Uh, doesn't seem like that long, but um, that's kind of how we ended up here. That's how I kind of ended up in the church. So, um, and I've been blessed that, been blessed immensely that my wife uh, was along for the ride and, and was a catalyst really in it because I see a lot of people and I know, I know a lot of people who, 
don't have that blessing in their life that, you know, they want to live a faith-filled life and they want to try to, you know, do the right thing and, and their spouse for whatever reason doesn't. And that, that that's a problem that can cause a problem. So I'm blessed in that. I like the, what you said about your children performing the sign of the cross before dinner, mm-hmm. uh, the idea of kids evangelizing. Uh, absolutely. You never think that you never think that a kid would evangelize, but you know, kids have their unique ways of of knowing and processing. So that was really good. Um, So in throughout your, your journey into the Catholic church, since you've been, you know, confirmed in, have you had any memorable moments or experiences or anything that has uh, opened your eyes a lot? Um, You know, there's so many things. Um, Going through the experience of um, actually, you know, the Easter Vigil and, and being baptized and everything um, was, you know, it was it was life changing. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a thing where I'd ever be the same again. Um, the, um, the like I said, the amount of love and 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 compassion that flows over you. Um, the sacrament sacrament of reconciliation um, is for me. Um, it was again, it was life changing because I mean, being a being a sinner, right, and being you know having that that thing in the back of your head and the, the, the Holy Spirit really convicting you of you know you're you're going wrong and you know you're going wrong. But to have the ability to take that off of your shoulders and give it to him in that sacrament. Um, I had always had people tell me, you know, to be the greatest thing you ever did. Um, it will free you. Uh, and of course, you know, being the skeptic you know, a little bit, I was kind of like, yeah, right. Until I did it for the first time. And I was just like, oh, can I do this like once a week? Right. Um, and you can. Uh, typically, we don't, I guess. I, I'm, I'm sure that some people do. Um, but I always know when when I'm getting really off kilter, um, that's there for me. Um, and that's that's that was another one of the eye opening things for me. Um, and just the whole idea, like I said before, the whole idea of when we're saying that mass we're saying the same mass you know you know you and i are in the same time zone we're saying the same mass we're reading the same scriptures um the universality of it is is just powerful to me um you know and i and i i wish that i wish that more people would could it would and could embrace that you know even even our protestant brothers and sisters right you know, come back home because because this is this is it. Like I said, and I I don't know. Um, those those are those are three things that for me the the, the Eucharist, sacrament sacrament of reconciliation, um, and then that just universality of it all uh, that we're all together. Um, you know that the Holy Father is praying for us, and it goes it flows all the way down to the to the lowest of us you know, all saying that prayer um, when we when we gather to, to celebrate uh, the Eucharist. There's a priest that, that I know that 
did a little time in our parish before he was ordained. And uh, when he when he left us, when he was ordained and he said his his first mass, he, he's got a saying. He says, I'll see you in the Eucharist. I won't see you, you know, physically necessarily, but I'll see you in the Eucharist uh, because we're all there. We're all celebrating it together. So, you know, as a convert, also, um, like I don't understand how I ever made it without the sacrament of reconciliation. Oh no! Like no! Like your soul demands that objective forgiveness. So it's it, a beautiful, it cr- a beautiful sign. It cries out for it. I don't know. How, I don't know how to make it. It's it's just the right amount of ease I need for my my content. Absolutely. <laughs> so the next question is, um, what would you say to anybody who is discerning the Catholic Church? You're a convert. Uh, what would you say to those who are discerning entering? Um, so I know the way that society and media and whatnot paints the church sometimes um, can be, um, let's be honest in a bad light. Um, and I would just say to, to someone who is discerning joining the faith, um, is, is to do first do your homework. Uh, and what I mean by that is from a historical perspective, understand the historical context of the church and what it means. Uh, in the history of, in the faith history of the world. Let's just put it that way. Uh, if you don't understand the context of of, of the historical um, place that the Roman Catholic Church fits into, then you're, you're basing your decision off of mis, misguided information. And secondly, I would say to, to just go. And to open your heart and open your mind to the idea that God loves you and he has put this great thing in place since really the beginning of time um, to help us, to guide us, to protect us, um, and that he uses fallible men and women to to facilitate that right um a lot i think a lot of people get bogged down in the whole idea of oh well my priest you know he's a priest he should be perfect blah 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 and that 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 will mess with your head because it's not true <laughs> priests priests are holy men and for sure um they're ordained you know they're touched by the hand of God, but they're men. They're 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 fallible. They're sinful. They have to go to reconciliation just like you and I do. Um, you know. Um, and remember, and I, I think this is important for anybody that's church going or church interested to remember. You know, church is not for the perfect. It's for the broken. You know, I go to mass so I can get right. I don't go to mass because I think I'm holier than somebody else. I go to mass because I'm broken and I need to get fixed. So I think if you remember, if you're, if you're discerning and you remember all those things, I think that will help you to 
open your heart and open your mind to actually hear God talking to you and him saying what he needs to say to you to get you to know that this is the place to be. So. Yeah, most definitely. The, the Catholic Church is the hospital for sinners. Right. And um, it's how we, the church's whole mission or mark is holiness. And it's through that mark of holiness that we can, once we embrace with her in this mark of holiness, we become holy through her. So yep. yeah, it's definitely a good, good point to mention right there. So now you're going to go into the human interest component. And I, I know at the beginning, uh, I said that or you are, you know, a pontoon beach village and a Long Lake Fire Protection District trustee. Sure. Both sound like two extremely important positions uh, from where I'm uh, sitting. So uh, how did you get involved in, you know, like your local politics and like what, what influenced you to get involved in that way? You know, um, so I have always been um, civically minded, let's say. Um, I've always been concerned about the neighborhood I live in, uh, the state I live in, of course, the country I live in, um, and that it, it, it's people and it's, it's um, governments uh, is proper. You know, it's not always, you know, sweetness and light with those kind of things, but I've always kind of had a, a, an interest in that. And to the fact that my, my, uh, my wife has, um, on a number of occasions in the past, it encouraged me to run for school board or, or things of that nature. I did actually serve on our parish's school board and our parish's, uh, pastoral council, uh, for a number of years. Um, but those are, those are more, as you may know, those are more advisory than anything. They're not, you know, they don't wield a lot of power. They do have the power to, to give the, the priest, uh, uh, advice and, and the principal advice, but they're, they're more advisory than anything. Um, and I had, uh, resisted that temptation. I had resisted the temptation to run for office, particularly, uh, for the actual cities, the public school board um, for a number of reasons for a long time. And um, a couple of years back, um, I got a call from um, our, the, our chief. Yeah, I got, I got a call from our chief of police. So uh, I live in Pontoon Beach. We're a small village um, outside of St. Louis, Missouri uh, in Illinois, but outside of St. Louis, Missouri. And I got a call one afternoon uh, from uh, our chief of police. And um, he and I were friends, uh, we're the same age. Um, he grew up in an adjacent town to where I grew up, uh, but we knew each other and have always known each other. And he called and he basically said that there was uh, one of our village trustees was uh, having to resign because he was moving and that they were asked to come up with people who might be interested in taking this spot, being appointed to this spot, and that he and his wife had um, thought of, threw my name in that, and he was reaching out to see if I would be interested, and I thought about 6.7 seconds, and I said, yes, I would, um, and so long and short, I met with the mayor, uh, who I had not met before. I knew him, but I had not had the opportunity to meet him before. Um, and we had lunch one afternoon and talked and, um, 
the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, I was appointed, I think it was July of 2018. That sounds about right. Uh, I was appointed to um, fill the remainder of uh, a term, and then I was um, I was forced to run again last April um, for the for the remaining two years of that term. Uh, and I ran um, unopposed and um, was elected uh, to two-year term, which ends in April. And so I will have to run yet again for an actual full four-year term, which I plan to do uh, in April. In the middle of that, um, the former uh, president of our volunteer fire department trustee board, uh, which is mandated by the county and the state to administer the funds of our fire protection district. Um, he too was looking to resign and um, our fire chief reached out to me who serves on the village board with me. Our fire chief reached out and said, hey, would you want to be appointed to this position as well? And I, of course, said yes. And um, so I am the uh strangely enough there's only three of us so this is not as big deal as it sounds but uh i am the president of the long lake fire protection district which essentially means that i'm the i, I preside over the meetings and and whatnot so um and like i said we administer the uh the funding um of the building and, and some of the other we we basically administer the tax we're the taxing body for the fire protection district uh, but the department itself is separate and is volunteer. Um, so that's it. I mean, um, I really enjoy it. Um, it is um, it is fulfilling in a number of different ways um, because you know I'm able to help people. Um, I'm the chairman uh, on the village board. I'm the chairman of the streets uh, committee, and so when we have problems with with the streets, got potholes or whatever. They, the ladies at the office send that information to me so we can get that taken care of and um, and that's a recent that's a rather, rather recent thing for me but uh, yeah I, I, I enjoy it I really do so I really like the idea of public service and serving the community and absolutely you know, addressing needs although they don't always look the same as more you know noticeable things but they still and vital needs for public safety because public safety is also vitally important in Absolutely. our um, So what are some things that, like some drawbacks that you've had or some uh, you know, shortfalls that you've experienced while you know, engaging in this type of work? Um, so there haven't been any, really any drawbacks. Uh, I very much, we have a great uh, village board um, it is very, uh, we're very cordial with one another. Uh, when we have a disagreement, um, it, we, we discuss it like, like men and women. We don't, you know, uh, call names and all of those kind of things. Uh, we have fun, um, but in, in serving, serving the community. Uh, we have a great mayor. Uh, he's very well liked, uh, willing to listen, uh, and leads us uh, very well. Um, so there haven't been any really drawbacks. Um, like I said, I, 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 there's some challenges with inherent with that, be, with po polit politics, because it's, it's not, and it's not, for me, it's not with the politicians. It's not with the people that I work with. It's in dealing with issues that arise amongst 
residents or, um, you know, residents who expect certain things that or, or think certain things that may not be really true. And you have to be the one to go and meet with them and, and maybe break to them that, you know, you know, this is not a village issue. This is actually a civil issue and you and your neighbor need to figure it out. Uh, things of that nature. Um, uh, we had a, a thing with the fire district recently where we learned that some of the residents were actually in the district were actually paying taxes into the district. And so we had to, we've had, we, we've had, we finally, I think we got it finally resolved, but we've had to be very deliberate about deliberating that and doing it in a forceful but friendly way um, so that we didn't, you know, because these, these are taxpayers, first of all, and these are voters. And so we don't, want you don't want to you know uh and they're your neighbors right so you don't want to necessarily offend them but you like i said you have to sometimes break hard news to them um and uh do it in a kind and considerate way so and that's that's i think that's part of where my uh, what i do for my main gig um helps in that because there's a lot of negotiation and a lot of uh listening and things and back and forth that goes with that too so um, between that and my faith, I think that helps me with that. So, so but not since there's not a lot of uh, you know challenges. What are some like rewarding benefits that you you gain from serving in your community? Um, you know, it, not and this is not to sound egotistical or anything, but but being looked at as a leader, being looked to for your advice, uh, that that I, I like that. Uh, but um, like the, the instance, though, that I was talking about with the fire district, we've been working on this for a number of, of months, actually trying to get this squared away. Uh, and the fulfillment comes when you do finally reach the end and, it, and it's a positive outcome and everyone is happy and, and you've accomplished what it is you set out to do. Uh, that's where the, 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 the good feeling comes. That's where the positivity comes uh, is when you have a project um, and you see it through uh, and it turns out in a positive way. Uh, we haven't gotten to do it this year, but uh, one of the big things that we do as a village board is um, we have a yearly uh, festival, really. We call it Party at the Beach. And we didn't get to do it this year, uh, but we normally, last, in the past two years, I've been on, we, we book bands, we have a big concert on Friday and Saturday night, uh, we've got, you know, carnival rides, and all, it's all the stuff, kind of stuff you would do uh, in the summertime. And that's a big undertaking, and something like that, to get, you know, to get to be involved in that and that setup and, and um, helping out with all of that and making sure things run smoothly and everybody's safe. And then you get to Sunday and you clean up and you get kudos for it and everyone is happy and enjoyed the time. Those are the kind of things that, that, that come out of, uh, of serving the public and serving, uh, serving on a board like that. I think the fact that other people or two people, you know, recognize you as a leader for these positions is uh, extremely important, not only for these positions, but, you know, your, the way you carry yourself or the way you, you conduct business must have been appealing to them. So uh, I definitely think that's important the way that people look to, you said, you don't want to sound egotistical, but, you know, having people look to you as a leader is a good trait, I think. Absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, I, uh, I, I like to, uh, I like to help people. Um, and one of the, one of the strange things my wife jokes with me about is that 
that a lot of times I've got a lot of, I've got a few, I've got a, a few close friends, but I've got a lot of acquaintances and I've got a lot of people that will, will um, seek my counsel and seek my advice privately about things without me prodding, just, they'll just, you know, spit it out. Things that, you know, that you would never ask someone in normal course of conversation. Uh, and my wife is always like, you know, why does, you know, why do people do that? And I said, I, I guess I have a, a kind heart. I, I have a, a, a discerning mind and, and can, you know, give them good advice, or at least I hope I do uh, when they do that. So. That's really powerful. So the last question sums up, you know, the faith in, uh, your line of work. How do you impart your faith in, uh, you know, being a public servant? Um, you know, it, it's, it's all about trying to do the right thing by people, um, to be honest. Um, even, even when it's, even when it's, there, there's a, there's a, there's a kind and considerate and honest way to say no, even, um, finding that um trying to this might sound a little cliche too but trying to meet people where they are um that's a place of it's a place of growth for me um because one of the things that i find to be a struggle for me is to be um i guess i'm empathetic sometimes but i'm not necessarily sympathetic um and so meeting people where they are can sometimes be a challenge for me, but it's one of those things, it's one of those muscles that I'm, that I'm growing. <laughs> um, and I, I think it's important because you, you run into so many different kinds of people with so many different thoughts and ideas about how things are or should be. Um, you know, you, you may run into someone who, um, you may be, I may be the, one of the, one of the images they have of the faith. Right. And so I, I'm trying to be mindful of the fact that if I don't handle something or say something in an appropriate way, then they can, they could get a bad impression, not only of me, but of the faith as well. Um, and so that, that's really important to me, but I think it, it I think it starts with trying to be honest. Um, even even when it hurts, right? Even even when somebody, you know, may not like that you're being honest. Um, so that's that's how I try to bring it into 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 my into my work with those things and just trying to do the right thing and trying to give a person every opportunity to uh, get what they need in 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 that context. Um, like I said, I keep going to the back to the same thing, but this issue with the, the people of the fire district, we had one individual, there were seven homes. We had one individual that was kind of a holdout and we, we gave them chance after chance after chance um, to, you know, do the right thing. And ultimately they did uh, thankfully, but uh, we didn't want to use some of the more heavy handed um, options are at our disposal. We wanted them to agree because they wanted to agree and because we made a good case, not because we, you know, sent a, 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 a battalion of lawyers at them. So, yeah. That's definitely impactful. I can definitely see 
you know, working in public and you having to manage or when you interact with people and, you know, you have so many different personalities and uh, people come to you with their own, uh, you know, feelings, experiences and all that kind of stuff. And you having to, you know, be super, like you said, empathetic or, or understanding kind of, you have to sure. understand where they're coming from to a degree right. when you interact with people. Because that's how you, I mean, most importantly, it's how you learn and grow from others sure. and stuff. Because a lot of times people just want to be heard. Right, 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 right. Uh, yeah, so that's definitely important. And, you know, that's going to sum up the interview. But I took down two notes as you were speaking. The first note comes from, you know, when you were talking about your faith journey. And, and you, I think I heard you say that you went to, or you currently attend Holy Family Parish. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and so I wrote a chain, and you said the kids, then the wife, then you. <laughs> and so I just thought that was, like, super fitting that, you know, you guys attend Holy Family Parish. And, yeah. like, it, it was like a chain reaction of the Catholic faith from the kids to the wife to you. And, um, you know, it's just a, a beautiful display of the, the, the domestic church lived out, and starting with the kids, you know, I think right. that's super important. We're right where we're supposed to be. Um, we even passed, there's two parishes in our town. We drive past it to get to ours. Um, and we've, it's always been that way. And, um, you know, no offense to our, our sister parish across town, but uh, Holy Family is where we're supposed to be. And yeah, I, I guess I had never really thought about it like that until you just said it. But yeah, it it is important. They are our model. Right, right, right. And then you mentioned, you know, something super impactful at the end is basically going back to, um, you know, being light and salt at, in the workplace or in the world. And, you know, you mentioned basically it's about being an ambassador for Christ. And you said, you know, your small mishap or, you know, attitude or, you know, whatever could happen could be a, a deterrent to somebody to the faith. And so you might be the only visible Catholic Christian that they see right. in this moment of fury or rage or you saying something wrong can give a bad impression. And so I think we all should be mindful of just being the best ambassador for Christ and how do, how can we um, effectively treat our neighbor with uh, compassion and mercy without being uh, rude or uncharitable. So right. that was definitely impactful that I, I wrote down. And the other the other piece of that, we didn't talk much about this, but the other piece of that is that I, I live in uh, and go and attend a parish that is overwhelmingly predominantly white. And it's no, um, it's not lost on me that my presence as a black man has, a, and my behavior has an effect upon what those people and many others may think of our other black brothers and sisters, whether they be in the faith or not. So that, that is also a little small piece of that. So. That's, that's also definitely important. You know, I think it all goes back to presenting yourself at your best, you know, right. who, you know, who's watching. So yep. you just got to present yourself at your best. Well, I think that's, that's going to conclude our time, but I definitely thank you for coming on and sharing and giving your you know powerful witness about how to be a, an effective public servant and you know your 
faith journey too is, is really powerful. So definitely thank you for, for sharing those, both of those. Well, I appreciate you, sir. And uh, thank you for asking me. Uh, it's been a pleasure to get to talk to you and get to know you a little bit better and uh, uh, wish you nothing but blessings. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I'm going to definitely make sure I add you to the, the prayer list and keep you and your children in our prayers. And um, that's going to conclude this episode of Saintly Witnesses. And I'll, you can tune in for the next episode. <laughs>